Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rotoro Football Show. I am Patrick Doherty, joined by Mr. Denny Carter. Again, is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? We are not allowed to say. Still, we're going to check in on the Bucks' backfield, the Packers' receiver core, the Colts' high school coach, and so much more. But for Denny and I, just wanted to be serious for just one second. Or you've been on Twitter over the weekend. You've probably seen there was some layoffs going through NBC Sports. We lost some of our friends behind the scenes, some of our friends from the site that you may know. And just wanted to say that, yeah, unfortunate, but we're we're still here. We're chugging along. We're really gonna miss everybody, and I have nothing yeah, eloquent to say. For sure, it it is. It's a really difficult thing to uh, go through. Obviously, much more for them than than us. But I but I will truly, you know, miss uh, these, you know, people who I've I've grown to 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 really enjoy not just as a, a colleague but a, as friends um and i know that the folks who consume our content whether it's through article form or podcast form you, you don't you don't see the the background guys uh who who do a ton of work to make us look and sound smart at least i hope that we do occasionally and uh and so you know we we appreciate them so much um and to see them have you know have to go is uh, is a, is a really tough thing. Yeah, really, really tough week. But all extremely talented people. We all know they're going to land on their feet. Not this sounds very empty, but yeah, just a tough week for everyone here. But we're we're soldiering on. We got to talk about. Um, so we're, we're replacing all of them with high school football coaches. Actually, Denny, too yeah. soon. Um, it's uh, it, it could be too soon. It actually I, is probably too soon. I actually um, think it's it's just it's just soon enough. <laughs> just soon enough, and we'll we'll get to the high school coach in a minute. He's oh he's one and oh. <laughs> so who's the high school coach now? I know um, I'm the high school coach now. And, you know, just Saturday he kind of called his shot uh, when he tweeted again. I'm sorry for everyone that I'm so fixated on this, but on October 30th he tweeted Raiders look horrible, <laughs> and, <laughs> which uh, is funny. That's that very, very, very funny. That is funny. Two weeks well, later, he's like, yeah, you know, he's like, you know, he's probably mic'd up. It's his first game. He kind of covers the mic up. He's like, man, these guys really were horrible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Am I right, folks? Yeah, I know. Uh, Am I right? That's why I took uh, the job. Look, I feel like this is not fair to those of us who were highly skeptical of the Jeff Saturday coach Colts because nobody knew that they were going to go back to Matt Ryan until like, 30 minutes before game time against the Raiders in week 10. Come on. It was sick, but still Colts, uh, Colts beat writers were like, uh, Sam Ellinger is practicing with the backup, warming up with the backups right now. (laughs) So I don't think that he's starting. I think Matt Ryan. And so it's, and if you're trying to win, if you were trying to win, you would have never put Sam Ellinger in there in the first place. This is be honest that it took Jeff Saturday to come in and be like, no, 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 we're not doing this. 
I don't really know. I don't really understand why Frank Reich wasn't allowed to say, Mm-mm, nope, we're not doing that. We're sticking with Matt Ryan. They would have beat Washington two weeks ago easily with Matt Ryan under center. They won this game. They would have been in playoff contention if they just would have stuck with him. Yeah, Denny, I wrote in my column today that Jeff Saturday moved on from Jim Irsay's, you know, mistake of ordering ordering the benching of Matt Ryan so quietly that he did not even tell anybody. Yeah, and he I, just kind of did it. And, you know, the smoke had been billowing during the week. Like, he was already start like, kind of constructing the dots for people to connect. But then, like, he, he let us con- connect the final dot. Yeah. Where he just threw Matt Ryan out there with the first team offense and pregame warmups, and everyone's like, "Well, yeah, I guess their Colts are, despite being deeply unserious, are now being a serious football team again." And uh, you go. It, it, it well, it changes everything. It cha- like okay. yeah, yeah. So let's lay. I'll lay it out a little more then uh, to get just because Jonathan Taylor is also back. He missed Week Nine. He'd been banged up since Week Four. Had a hundred yard game since Week One. Is Jeff Saturday? It was like he was like what what I like to to talk about and joke about, but like the lead item was the return of Jonathan Taylor, Denny leading the offense, having a hundred what forty something yards, hundred and some big big day for Jonathan Taylor. Just everything has changed the Colts. What does it mean going forward? It uh, this is what I was preaching. I want to say last week is that you you couldn't give up on on your Colts, on your Jonathan Taylors, Paris Campbells, Michael Pittmans, because of the prospect of Matt Ryan. We talked about how uh, prospects loom, okay? And uh, Matt Ryan was looming over this offense as a potential fantasy boon. And he that's that's what he is. Like, it's not that the Colts offense is great in for real football purposes, but for, for fantasy, it's pretty sweet when Matt Ryan's on, uh, under center because, A, they're running a lot of plays from shotgun. They were not doing that with Ellinger. They're, they have a pretty high pass rate. They play fast. Lots of offensive play volume, right, which increases routes, which increases targets. With Naheem Hines out of the picture, that you know that, that, that boosts Jonathan Taylor's pass-catching potential in that offense. So, uh, so you know, I, I think I told you before the show when we had our call – uh, You're not supposed to tell people we have a call. Uh, I'm sorry. I we we can edit that out. Um, edit that out. And and by the way, the call might have been on Monday, might have been on Tuesday. We don't know. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it was Sunday. I I think that that with Hines out of the picture and with Matt Ryan back in the picture, Jonathan Taylor. Oh boy. For the rest of the seat for the rest of the season, the final eight weeks of the season, definitely has overall RB one in his range of outcomes, uh, and. Paris Campbell has wide receiver two-ish, okay, like top 24, top 30 in his range of outcomes. Seems a little steep, but in PPR, he's a he's a he's a scam. He's he's a scam. We, we love our scams, don't we? We I love a scam. And uh and and Alec shout Pierce, out to SBF. And, and, <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Oh, well, let's let's wait a few years. See how see how it unfolds. Uh, and uh, it, Michael Pittman is is back on the wide receiver two radar. So it's it's really great if you were able to just hold hold on for dear life to your Colts. I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, with Jonathan Taylor, I mean the big development. I think as you may have alluded to, no Naheem Hines, where he yeah. played over ninety percent of the snaps. Jonathan Taylor, he was running all the routes. Where I mean, Naheem Hines is a really good pass catching running back, but for like an elite between the tackles runner, Jonathan Taylor is a very good pass catching running back. 
it really, I thought, never made any sense to be taking him off the field for Naheem Hines. And like he has the RB1 overall upside even when he was splitting the backfield with a pass-catching back. Without him in there, I mean, it, this, really the sky is just the absolute limit. And we, we will say, though, so we got a look at like the possibilities with the Colts against the Raiders, which you know is one, right. they're one of the teams you want to be playing. Uh, if you've got some struggles, you've got some stuff to work out. The Raiders are horrible. The defense is just horrible. Week 11 now – the Colts will be playing the Eagles. And, you know, we all watched the Monday night football on Monday night and that Eagles and commanders game. Wow. Uh, It's, it was something, you know, have a record after that game. And so do the commanders. Washington also has a record. There were, there were some touchdowns there were, and, and some field goals. You know, we, there were, it was a good game overall, I think. So it's a really tough week 11 test. So the Colts feel really good right now. Their high school coach got the dub, their, their varsity running back is back, and it's like flattening people. But now now they're going to districts, and they're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Right. And we're going to get a really – week 11 will be much more telling where this project is at than week 10 was. But we can be encouraged. Totally agree. Paris Campbell had a touchdown on three straight games with Matt Well, Ryan. I want to say that uh, as for Jonathan Taylor, now the Eagles' secondary is really tough. The Eagles' rush defense has been very burnable, especially over the past six six to eight weeks. Um, last I checked, they were in the uh, they were giving up uh, top ten EPA per rush, and so I I think Jonathan Taylor actually is in a is in a sneaky good spot against Philadelphia, unless things go really sideways. But even in that scenario, he could be he could be peppered with a bunch of checkdown targets. So I I, I think that he has. Jonathan Taylor now ha- now has a lot of outs, you know, yeah, like, yeah. okay, so he can't get there with rushing if the Colts get blown out by the Eagles. Okay. He can still catch five, six, seven passes That's a good and, point. and get it done that way. Cause yeah, Deion Jackson's not even currently healthy, right? Is he on IR? He, he was out. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think he's on IR, but he's not, he's not healthy. on IR. No. Um, but yeah. So I guess the risk would be, they just like torpedo Matt Ryan and make the offense non-functional, but you are right that on paper, it's not a bad run game matchup for Jonathan Taylor. So the Colts, they're at least keeping it interesting. They're, I think they're four and five, which doesn't seem possible. Uh, oh, they have a, they have a tie. I, I actually, uh, it actually is un, unbelievable. Like I, they have the profile of a one win team. They do. <laughs> they do. They do. But somehow it's 2022. It's the NFL. So there's a lot going on with the Colts, Denny. There's a lot going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers backfield. Rashad White has kind of been in like a slow motion take over this backfield. He got the start in Germany, but Leonard Fournette picked up the minor hip injury. Before that minor hip injury, despite Rashad White starting, he was actually getting out-touched by Leonard Fournette. After the game, you know, he was kind of deferential and said, oh, the only reason I even started is that the State Department couldn't get Lenny's passport uh, straightened out, and we didn't even know if he's going to be able to make it to München, uh, but he did. Uh, but there was more of Rashad White install in the game plan. So he was kind of trying to be modest about it. There are definite like red flags, so to speak, to Rashad White's like latest move up the depth chart. But yeah. how how real how, this? What are we feeling about this? Are we going to be ranking Rashad White ahead of Leonard Fournette at some time, some point in the next month, or are we already at about like his ceiling? And this is going to remain a committee. Well, I mean, Fournette still gets most of the goal line work, so that that is something that we, without that, I don't think White can achieve any sort of any sort of ceiling here. Uh, you know, White started the game f- against Seattle. Uh, him and Lombardi Lenny sort of rotated. Uh, 
uh, not sort of, they just did rotate <laughs> uh, 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 drives until the third quarter when Fournette went down. Um, Adam Schefter reported that it's not a major injury for Fournette, so he should be back after the Bucks week 10 bye. Uh, I, I think, you know, White is still available in, 40, in 55% of leagues. He should be picked up. Uh, I think that you'll be able to get him at a reduced cost, at, uh, you know, if you're in a league that has free a free agent budget, say, um, because of a the uh, the Bucks bye week and Fournette is probably going to be okay when they when they come back. But I, I think that there there's pretty clear writing on the wall right now that you know White has has crept into the conversation of you know bucks starting back i do think that it would take a complete benching of fournette or an injury for for white to get that that workload that we're looking for for you know potential rb1 sort of scenario yeah definitely and i'll probably i'll probably keep fournette ahead so they're on by this week is that really this week it is yeah well yeah anytime anytime these teams serious problem for me that's right then they come back to a buy. That actually is not the case anymore. A lot of the London teams have come back without buys. Oh yeah, that's because they just like consider. I think they're trying to normalize London. See, we, you don't even need a buy after yeah. playing in London. Uh, <laughs> you don't even need a buy. But yeah, after going into the heart of Germany, you still need a buy coming back. So the Bucks and the Seahawks are both on buy. I think I will still have Fournette ranked ahead. But it is yeah, like during the Tom Brady era in Tampa. They want a, like a committee. I think has been what they've always wanted in the backfield, and like Fournette, every down has just been kind of been like like a necessary evil a lot of times. It doesn't yeah. seem like they've ever really wanted that, but they've just had to do it because it, the rookies weren't ready. Ronald Jones was Ronald Jones, uh, or you know, or Rashad White. Rashad White has done a much better job than Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, we'll say that. Yeah. No, he, he has. Uh, and also, I know we've talked about it before, but it's worth repeating. Fournette has been abysmal this season by every measure. Uh, his rush yards over expected per attempt is down in the Mark Ingram, Daryl Henderson range, uh, also known as the CEH range, also known oh, as man, the unbelievably terrible range. So, oh, hey, you know, he's <laughs> he's on, not man. not been good. Uh, this is a condemned Jeff Wilson, by the way. He's been amazing. So look for CH to bounce back. Wait, who condemned? You condemned? Yeah, I said ever since I did. Then now he's like Wilson. the best. He's like Jeff the best Wilson running back. Always been better now. than CEH. Well, no, no, I know. I'm just saying. Once you condemn a player, you know that oh, CH is back in the top 24. Oh. Actually, folks, mm. I, 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 uh, I feel, I feel confident in condemning Lombardi Lenny. I'm sorry if you're listening, Lenny. Yeah, Len- yeah. I, so I'll say my final word is. When they come back, I will have Rashad White ranked as a legit flex. There's already been a few weeks where I was kind of bordering on that. Mm-hmm. I will have him ranked as a legit flex. Mm-hmm. Denny, you watched Packers Cowboys, correct? I did. I so did. you witnessed three Christian Watson touchdowns, three where there used to be zero. Uh, you know, the young man entered the game with only 10 catches. I read your blurb. I saw that he also had two drops and he badly misjudged another ball. Oh. Oh. Um, so we kind of got like the full Christian Watson yes. experience, but the point is we got the full Christian Watson experience, not just the mistakes. We got the big plays is Chris. So Christian Watson, I think was under 10% roster on Yahoo. Uh, safe to say he's probably a must add. Correct. Yeah. So week, week 10 was the entire glorious mess that Christian Watson is because there were times when Aaron Rodgers looked like he wanted to 
uh, you know, body slam Christian Watson after the play, like the, like the, like the disgust on Aaron Rodgers' face after Watson's first drop was actually, it was how it was hard to look at on, on the TV screen. He also, uh, he wanted, he Rod- under, to run over his left foot with a Buick LeSabre. Right. Or, you know, it's some sort of Buick. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not a LeSabre, but, uh, he threw a perfect Rogers threw a perfect ball to the right to the goal line where Watson just stopped running. And I think that either he didn't see the ball or he didn't think that the play was coming to him. So he slowed up, which is just, just a brutal mistake for a rookie, especially a rookie working with a very, I'll say moody guy in Aaron Rodgers. Moody guy who depends on really good timing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And so please, you know, someone's got to tell Christian Watson, you have, you have to keep running. Like, I don't never care. Cut off that route. Please yeah. keep running. Aaron will never throw to you again. If that, if you, if you stop running again. So really he could have had four touchdowns is what I'm saying. Um, he, so he can do things that the rest of the receivers for green Bay cannot do. And I know this sounds funny and it is a little bit, but drop, but dropping long passes, is a skill. And by that, I mean, not everybody can get wide open downfield like Christian Watson does on the regular, right? We've seen this throughout his rookie season. As bad as it's been, that's the one thing that he's been able to do is bust open down the field. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was able to do that in this offense. They don't have anybody else who can do that, who can even approach that. Sammy Watkins-Lazard, that's a joke to think that they could do something like that. So I, th- I do think I do think Watson uh, is it clearly has the most fantasy upside in in this offense going forward. It was the first game, by the way, against Dallas. That was his first game with a full complement uh, of routes. Like he hadn't had that. He had had a route rate of like twenty percent headed in, headed into that game. So he was barely being used. So so we we got to see it, and it was it was fantastic. A few things we say around here. We say on the reg, not on the regular. I'm sorry. I will. Say. I will note that. Of course, you say on the reg, and you made a really good point about like the deep drops. Or it's kind of like when a team gets clowned all the time for losing in the playoffs. Say maybe the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, to lose in the playoffs, you have to make the playoffs to drop the 75 yard yeah. touchdown. You know, to be able to get over the 75 yard. We're not quite sure why Packers receivers are so insistent on dropping 75 yard touchdowns. It doesn't really make any sense. Well, we've, we've talked about it. I, I think the reason is, is because Aaron Rodgers is so good uh, on, on those passes that yeah. mo- most, uh, most quarterbacks can't put their receivers in position to drop. That, that probably is true. And, and we, we saw, look, we saw Jordy Nelson drop brutal downfield passes. We saw Devonte Adams do it before he it's broke true. out. So I, I actually think that Rodgers ability to put it in a basket from 40, 50, 60 yards is just unmatched. It is. And so you made it, you made a point earlier in the show that has traditionally been true. Where like, if you do that to Aaron Rodgers, like he just disowns you, but Aaron Rodgers himself said after the game, they asked him, they said, what did you say to Christian Watson after the drops? He basically in very uncharacteristic Aaron Rodgers fashion said like, keep running and getting open. I'm going to keep delivering you the yeah. ball. And I'm not kidding. This is probably just total like narrative fitting for me. But I really thought I noticed in the second half of that Bills game in week eight, like Aaron Rodgers just finally came to terms, like with this is who his supporting cast is. And he was just going to start cutting it loose again. And if they made mistakes, so be it. But I thought in the second half of that game, he was really going down the field more again. He did it in week nine against the Lions and just couldn't quite hook up with Samari Toure. 
Like yeah. there's a few like fingertip type stops, but I, I, I could be totally projecting, but I feel like I've just noticed like a mentality shift from Aaron Rodgers was like, whatever, like if these young, these young punks are going to drop the ball, that's just what's going to happen. I got to keep doing it. Cause I, I desperately want to win football mm-hmm. games. And like, like he's finally come to terms. Like these guys are going to make a ton of mistakes, but like a better option. Like this isn't coming, like is not walking through that door. Right. And this was after the trade deadline. Maybe it's a shift in mentality after the trade deadline. I don't know. Where I feel like Aaron Rodgers is just like, all right, whatever. I've accepted my fate. Now I've got to like actually try to do something with it. And I think that he knows that, you know, Watson, like I said, is his only hope to hit downfield shots um, in a very low volume Packers offense, which, which brings me to, you know, a little bit of skepticism about Watson's weekly fantasy usefulness. He's going to have big games, okay? Like at, like his profile, the fact that he's getting a lot of downfield looks, four of his eight targets against the uh, Cowboys came over 20 yards downfield, okay? So that's a very volatile profile, okay? We, we, we know this from experience if you play fantasy for any amount of time. The, that's the kind of profile where you could come away with two catches for 20 yards or four catches for 130 yards and, and things look great. So people, sh- I don't think people should get too too excited about Christian Watson being like this alpha dominant receiver just because. Look, he had a forty percent target share. It was eight targets. Okay, like that. That's the kind of offense we're talking about. But we will say uh, they play the Tennessee Titans on Thursday Night Football, who just bleed passing production. Yeah, they do totally bleed it. Then it's Darius Slay's Eagles in Week Twelve. Then it's the Chicago Bears in Week Thirteen. Then the Packers finally have their bye. In week 14. So we're, we're going to find out a lot basically about Christian Watson over these next three games where I think if he spikes one of those Titans or Bears games, I think we can officially like consider Christian Watson a wide receiver three. Again, like you said, a very volatile one where, where 0.0 is in the range of outcomes. But like if he just spikes one of those three games, I'll be feeling pretty good about Christian Watson for the fantasy playoffs. Yeah. Just t- talking about his uh, Thursday night prospects against the Titans. Uh, Titans are the third most extreme pass funnel defense in the league. I mean, p- teams really go after them through the air. And Russell Wilson, even Russell Wilson, almost got there with a with a with a couple really poorly thrown passes that should have gone for uh, for a lot of yards. A emphasis, heavy, heavy emphasis on almost for yeah. Russell Wilson. Although he did, even Russell Wilson threw for two hundred eighty six yards, which was his most since week one. But did he end up with two eighty six? Wow. Two eighty six, but he completed twenty one of forty two passes. Uh, yeah, well, 50% completion percentage, didn't he? You get what you can get with uh, Russell Wilson is completing 57.4% of his <laughs> passes. Yikes. Yeah, you know, it actually makes no sense because he the, the one thing Russell Wilson always did well was have a like really high completion rate I over know. expected. Like, no. like every year he was off the charts with with oh, with, with that with that, but but this year is terrible. And just with normal completion percentage, he flirted with 70 a few years in Seattle. Huh. Uh, we had never was never even come close to finishing under sixty percent, which you know is kind of the benchmark. If you're an accurate passer, and it, these days it's really it's higher. To be honest, it's more like sixty five percent in the mm-hmm. current NFL. But yeah, Russell, we, we digress. Uh, we could talk about Russell Wilson being bad all day. Uh, we already basically do talk about the Rams being bad all day, Denny. Mm-hmm. The Rams' only good player, Cooper Cup, is set to miss time with an ankle injury. The fallout is going to be bleak and grim. Yeah. What is the fallout? There's so much fallout here because you're talking about, you know, one of the, maybe two or three of the most extreme target hogs in, in football, 
along with like DeAndre Hopkins and well, that, that's about it. Him and it, honestly, Cooper Cup and Hopkins are on a, a plane of their own. Uh, so without him, you're talking about about 30% of the targets are now available. Um, 23 to 25% of the air yards for, for the Rams are now available. And I take no pleasure in, in saying this, honestly, but if Cup is out for a long time, first of all, Tyler Higby has a chance to go nuclear. Oh, uh, he, on, man. he caught a family show, man. He caught, listen, listen, the, Higby caught eight of eight targets against the Cardinals from John Wolford. Okay. When Stafford comes he had a back, quarterback upgrade. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, I mean, the Rams might want to just think about another backup quarterback, but uh, they, <laughs> uh, so true. you know, Higby, uh, Higby has been the number two pass catcher in the Rams offense for a while now. And I know over the past month, Things have been bleak. I get that. He was dinged up. He wasn't running a lot of routes, but he's back to full health, it seems. He should be out there running 100% of the routes. No cup. I mean, I, I think unless you have uh, Kelsey, Andrews, or Goddard, you need, you need and, and he's on your wire, he's on 22% of waiver wires, by the way. Uh, you, need, you need to really prioritize getting Higby. Anyway, uh, Allen Robinson, can I, can I share some shocking statistics with you about yes, Allen Robinson? Yes, please. Because I actually had to look like two, three times just to make sure. So Robinson has, has been, it's been horrible. Okay. Like he, you, you can't, you can't even rank him as what a wide receiver four at this point. He has more inside the 10 and inside the 20 targets than Cooper cup this season. Uh, only Justin Jefferson has more targets inside the 10 yard line than Allen Robinson in the year of our Lord, 2022 he's not doing anything with them. Okay. Nothing. Like, like nothing, quite literally nothing, but the fact that he's getting those and now Cooper cup, who is nearly even with him in those uh, inside the 10 inside the 20 targets is out. Yes. Higby will absorb some. Yes. Ben Skoranek will absorb some, but I, I think Robinson has a lot of touchdown based upside here and we'll see a target. We'll see a target bump. I, again, I don't want to say this. He's available in 40% of leagues. I think people need to get over what they've seen, what they've experienced with Allen Robinson this season. Cause I know it's been bleak, but that the game is completely changed. There's a gaping hole in the target share in the Rams offense. Robinson is going to see some of it. Yeah, he has only two touchdowns all year, only one in the past month. He's scored in week two and like week seven. Um, he basically seems to have like negative chemistry with Matthew Stafford, but I know, I know. the target totals have finally kind of creeped up. Like the overall target totals, the catch floor has crept up. And even though they just seem to not be able to connect whatsoever on a fade, I mean, you are right. That's the kind of usage that is going to regress to the mean. Yeah, especially if Cooper Cup's not there. I mean, I mean, Justin Jefferson is the only guy in the league who's seen more inside the ten targets than Allen Robinson. I I can't honestly can't wrap my head around it, but it's good. It's good if you if you still have Allen Robinson, you can play him with at least some some confidence going forward for a while. What about Van Jefferson season? He has three catches in three well, games since coming back. I think Jefferson like barely played in against Arizona this past week. Uh, strictly, strictly a downfield guy. I would, I would want Skoranek over uh, Van Jefferson. You know, I, I guess like fourteen team leagues, you might want to roster Van Jefferson. But uh, talk about a volatile profile. I mean, the guy every 
target the guy sees is 35, 40 yards downfield. And yeah, he has eight targets in three games since returning. And just with the Rams pass protection, their downfield game just like essentially does not yeah. exist is really what it boils down to. Um, we'll be right back after this. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the Premier League. There's also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chiefs and Chargers and our Sunday Night 7 contest. And also download the Road World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. Couldn't decide whether to do this shocking player before or after the ad break, Denny. Um, he's going to be after because uh, I want people to, to really focus in on who you wanted to talk about next. And apparently it's Foster Moreau. It is. And, and I know, I know you, you, you don't, you don't want to talk. No one really no. wants to talk about no. Foster Moreau. Not even Josh McDaniels. He like, he's like pulls up the death chart. <laughs> he just starts Ben Affleck crying, drinks an entire iced coffee. I mean, um, he, the, the Raiders do love them. Some Foster Moreau though. Uh, they've talked to, about him like he's, uh, you know, Tony Gonzalez for the past like three years. Darren Waller is on IR. Uh, I, you know, I'd be surprised if he plays again this season, but we'll see. Um, I think Moreau is is a tight end one candidate based on oh my god volume <laughs> volume of routes. I feel like this would have happened by now. Just be honest, like, not to you keep going, but I feel like he's already had this opportunity. Well, I mean, but he's he's look uh, since week seven. He leads all tight ends and pass routes and ranks fourth among tight ends and targets. Fake news. I, mean, I, I look, I know that the Raiders offense is is not good, but it is fantasy friendly in this way. We know where the ball is gonna go. It's gonna go to Josh Jacobs, it's gonna go to Devontae Adams, and it's gonna go to Foster Moreau, folks. And those are the those are the three places it's gonna go. We know that he's third in line for touches for 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 and maybe maybe the number number two behind Adams as the number two pass catcher in, in that offense. So the, the the route participation is off the charts. The process says Foster Moreau should be able to do something with this opportunity. It sounded like the process in week week 10 was Foster Moreau and cash. And it doesn't seem like it really – it didn't really pay dividends to any. Wait, well, this week, this past week? Yeah, I believe I believe our old pal Adam Levitan was talking about using yeah. Foster Moreau and, and cash. He scored like 14 points. <laughs> Gosh, I forgot he had a touchdown. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw Adam and played him in cash. I forgot to. Be. <laughs> um, I can't keep going uh, with it. Uh, nevertheless, nevertheless, never owned. Yeah, Foster Moreau. Yeah, at worst, he's the number three target in the passing game. So, and it is the time of year where you just got to be like, whatever. I mean, I guess I'm starting Foster Moreau, <laughs> and uh, these things happen in football with injuries. So, yep, it's Foster Moreau season. We take no pleasure. Yep. And alerting you to this fact. Denny, we wanted it to be Jalen Warren season. 
It kind of was. It, it was weird. Najee Harris had like his best game of the year. Okay. If I had told you before the game, Najee Harris would have 20 carries for 99 yards, you'd be like, wow, Steelers were really lying about Jalen Warren. But he had a good game too. Uh, what's the update in the Steelers' backfield where both backs now seem to have a role? Yeah. Uh, some are saying I watched this game too, this uh, Steelers-Saints game, which before before the game on Twitter I said could be a shootout, folks. And uh, I could not wish that into existence hard enough, unfortunately. Jalen Warren had a dozen touches here, uh, nine rushes for 37 yards, um, three catches for 40 yards. He still he looks he looks like the best back that the the Steelers have. Another thing with Najee Harris's production is that over 50 yards of his 99 yards came on a single rush. Um, and I know I I don't really like that thing where you say, look, if you take away the good plays, he doesn't have any good plays left. <laughs> I don't like that. I will say though that Najee did very little ex- outside of that explosive run. Um, I think Warren's emergence, both taking snaps and taking pass routes and targets away from Najee Harris, makes Harris very dependent on touchdowns going forward. Um, even if he sees the the, the sort of twenty carry games. Now, will the Steelers be able to generate game scripts that 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 produces a twenty carry game for Najee Harris very often? I'm going to say no. You know, I, I mean, Kenny Pickett looked worse than Andy Dalton in this game, and Andy Dalton was was pretty bad. So I, I don't, I don't think that we're often going to see that sort of friendly game script for Harris and Warren needs to be picked up in more leagues this week. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers had almost 40 minutes of possession in this game against the Saints team. Who's whose run defense is basically totally collapsed. Um, so that they, they play the Bengals this week. Uh, even if Jamar chase is not back, the Steelers will not be dictating the pace of play mm-hmm. against the Bengals. So what you're talking about is already immediately going to come to fruition this week. If you hold out, they have the Colts, the Falcons, the Ray. Yeah, it's not a good schedule, really. Yeah. Um, yeah it's probably it's better places to look for, like, a, a flex RB dart throw. than J- Keep Jalen Warren around. Yeah. It's the upside. He has a little independent value. And the upside really is, like, RB1, maybe. Yes, it know, is. If, if Najee Harris were to get hurt. That's right. But, yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm excited about having him on my bench because if if Harris were to miss any time down the stretch, you are talking about Warren playing, getting all all the workload, like absorbing all the routes, all the pass catching, and uh, and of course the carries, even the goal line work with Harris out. So it's very appealing from a fantasy standpoint. Danny, I had to try to talk you in to talking about this one, but. I think that this time it counts with Isaiah Pacheco. Do you agree? <laughs> Do you agree? Why does it count this time with Pacheco when he's the at best the second best running back in his own backfield? I mean, he's the second best, but he's he's the he's the first best at getting cannon fodder carries, and that's all we want. That's all we want. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that that does that does check out against the Jaguars this this past week. Let's see, uh, McKinnon ran a, way more routes than everybody else. 18, saw eight targets, caught caught six of those, uh, only saw the one carry. I know Pacheco saw 16 carries, whilst Clyde Edwards-Hilaire saw zero. So, yes, I suppose that Pacheco would be the primary, you know, early down banger for a team that never runs the ball. And that, until and yesterday, that, until they found Isaiah Pacheco. That's the problem, though. Is that they they don't they don't run it like they they lead the league in pass rate over expected, uh, even even when they're ahead, they keep passing. 
they're one of the they're one of the two or three teams that do that. So I just I just think Pacheco's path to fantasy relevance is so narrow. Um, in PPR, I certainly would prefer picking up McKinnon over Pacheco. Well, Danny, might I interest you in a shocking fact? Mm-hmm. Um, the Chiefs play the Chargers this week, and mm. I don't know if you know this, but the Chargers they are absolutely horrendous against the run. They are, and we're going to meet a perfect marriage of point chasing <laughs> versus uh, versus opponent, and it's going to be Isaiah Pacheco week. It really but, is. Yeah, Just get ready. I I still I have a hard time like. Uh, trying to fit the Chiefs offense into this idea that if they get out ahead, they're just going to milk the clock with the run. It's just not what they do. And as producer Adam points out, this game can be caught on NBC. I don't know if you heard of it. On it's a little thing called Sunday Night Football, folks. 8.20 p.m. Eastern. And the, so the Chargers, their second straight Sunday Night Football game, and their really? run defense was actually holding up a little better than expected against the San Francisco 49ers, Denny. Or for some unknown reason, Elijah Mitchell got 18 carries. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, who they traded four draft picks for, got 14. I mean, what what the heck is going on? Like Kyle Shanahan said after the game to to trigger every CMC drafter uh, in the world, he said we want carries to be quote about even between Elijah Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey. Which means that there, this was not a mistake. Like this was not like, whoops, we let uh, Mitchell get 18 carries to 14 for McCaffrey. That won't happen again. No, uh, Shanahan came out of that and said, "Yep, that's uh, that's what we're looking for, folks." So now McCaffrey did run the routes and and saw you know saw the targets. Not not a lot. He yeah, did. Too. He scored the tutter too. He's right. He saw five of seven goal line touches. I'm sorry, not touches. Five of seven goal line snaps for the Niners. So it's clear it's clear that his role is more valuable than Elijah Mitchell's. But wow, does Mitchell just lop off the top of McCaffrey's fantasy upside uh, with 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 that kind of involvement? I mean, even if even if this team remains super run heavy, which it will, uh, the fact the fact that if Mitchell's going to get fifty percent of the carries, that's that's tough. That's tough for McCaffrey drafters. Say, come on, say, say Tutter or Tutty, Denny. Come on. I'll never say Tutter or Tutty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was most disturbing to me though because the 49ers were like playing from behind most of the night. So this it'd be one thing if they were like front running and like whatever, like let's get Elijah Mitchell in rhythm for the stretch run. Let's like get his legs going, like you know, take a load off CMC in this game. They were like trailing a lot of this game. And this was just their plan to run Elijah Mitchell. And Kyle Shanahan has a lot of plans and it'll be different most weeks. I, I don't think I really, I think it only knocks like McCaffrey down a few spots in the RB one ranks, to be honest, because I do think Kyle Shanahan is going to continue to give every high value touch to Christian McCaffrey. Right. Right. So d- definitely Mitchell is going to see a lot of his carries between the twenties and, and but I, I do think I do think that, that that really that dings what we thought would be just a massive workload. I I, I thought it was going to be like McCaffrey gets every touch he can handle in this offense. See, I it's mean, not, why would they make the trade if that wasn't the case? But uh, maybe I mean maybe that they're they're saving them for you know maybe. December and January. I, it's hard to say. Well, we host a show called Galaxy Brains. Maybe we should talk about it. Have to look um, into it. it. By the way, if you're not in to the brain expansion, please check it out on the NFL on NBC YouTube page yeah. where 
Denny and I, we go deep inside the psyche every single week. Um, <laughs> deep, deep inside. All, all the way down. Denny, I've been, you've informed me. But so you won't say Tutter or Tutty, but you'll say mid. You'll, you'll say mid. You describe Wendell Robinson as mid to me. Uh, what's going on in the Giants? I, I've been told that I might be overusing mid a little. <laughs> I, I, I really like it right now. I really enjoy saying mid. Never say that um, again in my presence. <laughs> well, fine. Stop saying Tutter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and stop saying conk daddy for Tyler Conk. Oh Ooh. man, we gotta get him back on the show. Uh, They're uh, off by this week. The conk daddy's back. Yeah, folks. well, he's he's in my waiver column. So, oh uh, my gosh, shout out to conk daddy. Uh, yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> Giants receivers, Wandale struggling. Okay. Darius Slayton scoring a tutter. All right. Yes. So I'm embarrassed that last week I did not just come out and say in my waiver column that. Slayton is the clear cut number one wide receiver for the Giants. Uh, since week five, Slayton has 35% of the team's targets, 47% of the team's receiving yards, and his 2.15 yards per route run is way higher than everybody else's in that offense. Uh, now, the issue with Slayton and everybody in this in this Giants offense is that the Giants are super run heavy, and they actually don't even pass when they're when they're uh, playing from behind, usually uh, sixth lowest pass rate over expected. Uh, Daniel Jones averages 24 pass attempts and wins this in the seven wins this season for the Giants. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, like Slayton could still could go go ahead and see a 25 percent target share. And that's going to come out to five, six targets in wins in like when, when they want to play the way when they're able to play the way they want to play, I should say. Uh, so we have to keep that in mind. But you're starting Slayton over like, you know, Wandell. I mean, like Damn. Wandell Robinson is Wandell Robinson is all of his routes are run right around the line of scrimmage. I thought I that mean, would be good in this offense, but. Basically, but they don't pass. And, and so basically he would have to like break a long screen pass to, to prove viable um, uh, that he's getting nothing downfield. But of course that was never going to be his role in the first place. You know, a, a, a little guy, like that diminutive, I think is the is the term that we should use. Uh, so so yeah, I mean Slayton is the I think is the only fantasy viable Giants receiver in twelve team leagues right now. Man, that's a real real bummer, but it strikes me as correct. It just it's kind of an undeniable fact, really, at this point. Um, real quick, Danny, you have anything to say about Donovan Peoples Jones? Because four straight games over seventy yards. Yeah, outproduced Amari Cooper two of the past four weeks. Seventy yards five of the past six weeks. Ninety nine yards yesterday. The problem is two more games till Deshaun Watson comes back. So he's kind of resetting his chemistry. Kind of downfield passer has had success with Deshaun Watson in the past though. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on Don, uh, on, on the Peoples? Yeah, another volatile profile. Uh, you know he uh, sees a lot of a lot of downfield targets. Um, Last uh, so this week against the Dolphins, week ten, he his uh, yards per reception was nineteen point eight. The, the week before it was twenty point two. Uh, two weeks before that, it was eighteen point six. So we we understand what we're getting with Donovan Peoples Jones, and that's just uh, Jacoby Brissett, and then maybe Deshaun Watson at some point chucking it downfield uh, to him. And you know, again, in a Cleveland offense that doesn't really want to throw the ball. I, I, I'm a little skeptical of people's Jones's, uh, you know, 
viability as like a, as like a plug and play 12 team league wide receiver. Um, but you could do worse at flex and he certainly has upside because he does see those downfield shots. Then he's not a man of the peoples. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm skeptical of the peoples and what they want. Denny, I, I know it's getting cold, but you got any tea times scheduled right now, Denny? Uh, no, I, uh, I'm only chipping, uh, Chipping golf balls in my backyard. That's the only golf I'm, uh, I'm, I'm playing. That might be an even more yuppie activity than actually going to the, the golf course. I would I would appreciate if no one told my wife about the divots that I'm making <laughs> in the backyard because, man, they are looking looking pretty bad at this point. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have to stop at some point in the winter and they'll be able to grow back maybe. Yeah, that's, grass is famous for growing during the winter. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe a mole has come along. You can blame the mole. I mean, the, the mole could actually just come out of the divot at some point. It's so deep. It was true. <laughs> <laughs> very, very, weird. very good point. Speaking of so deep, all the way down, Denny, who's the kicker of the week this week? Yeah. Uh, well, we had uh, Robbie Gould last week, and he came through three field goals against the down bad Chargers. Um, I have Gould mentioned in the column but i will go with nick folk uh he is available in 65 percent of leagues the patriots are three and a half point favorites over the fraudulent new york jets this oh, week man. come on man now, i'm just saying you know <laughs> uh folk is averaging three and a half field goal attempts per game in new england wins so if you think that the patriots can win or at least keep things even with the jets i do i personally think they can folks should have um, another multiple attempt game so there you go. Uh, he's, not, he's not a man of the peoples, but he's a man of the folks. I am. So, <laughs> I, I, I would. You should choose the folks over the peoples. Actually, I love. Um, I love saying folks un, unironically. I do. I think. Yeah, we've we've really gone down a folks rabbit hole, have we not? Um, <laughs> or it might be our most said word between the two of us. I start my Tuesday uh, waiver wire stream on the NBC on uh, NFL and NBC <laughs> YouTube channel, which you can find tomorrow. Uh, with just yelling the word folks. <laughs> folks. And by the way, great, you said tomorrow, so you revealed what day it is. Uh, I mean, well, uh, t- yesterday is what uh, I meant. I don't know. Today. Yeah. <laughs> you think you think they're not docking your paycheck. They are. If you reveal uh, what day the podcast is recorded, it's a oh bad man. thing. I, it's very uh, bad for this company. I'm, I'm tilting. A mystery must remain. <laughs> the people like a mystery. Yeah, they do. Um, but no. Thank you so much for listening to this this waivers and news episode of the Road to World Football Show. We got more shows coming up all week. We got more content coming up all week. We got more news pumping all week. We're only one week away from Thanksgiving. Where we get three games on our, our beloved Turkey Day. Yep. Um, but check out Denny's waiver column. Check out. Uh, sorry, you laugh when I call it your funnels. Um, <laughs> the, fun, the funnel thing comes out. The funnel thing. It's a uh, yeah. Uh, funneling fantasy points comes out Friday morning. Check that out. The rankings will be up later. They'll be on the site tomorrow on Tuesday. The article out Thursday. Uh, I'll be back podcasting with Kyle Dvorak and Lawrence Jackson. They'll be back with Mr. Denny later in the week to preview the entire Week Eleven slate. For Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. We'll catch you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.